Hey, welcome to Garage Talk. I'm Conrad, and as always, to my right is Ted. Is Ted, this young man. Today, in the garage, we got our first call-in guest, uh, and we're here with Tino Michener. How are we doing, Tino? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. It's a beautiful Sunday, man, here in uh, uh, Grant County. Sunny. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a little taste of spring today. A, a, a tiny taste. <laughs> oh, very tiny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, give us a little uh, a little bit about yourself, Tino. Give us some of your background. Uh, well, uh, my name's Tino Mitchner, and I uh, been a graduated from Marion High School in '96. I grew up in Marion. Uh, I was a four sport athlete uh, in Marion, and um, I'm a currently a Marion fireman. I've been on and been a coach of at least four or five different sports for the last 15 years. And uh, recently was also the uh, commissioner of uh, Lincoln Field Ballpark, Marion Bay Booth Baseball, for the last three years. I'm not, this is the first year I'm not doing it, uh, but for, for the last three years, that's what I did. Um, got married with two boys. My boys, uh, I got one that's uh, – a freshman in college, plays baseball at uh, Glen Oaks Community College, and I've got an eighth grader at Oak Hill. Fantastic. And they're, and they're both three, uh, three and four sport athletes. You know, uh, something that uh, it was a topic of conversation, uh, I, I've, I've always wondered, what does that GPA look like when you're a four sport athlete? Because <laughs> when do you have time? You're always on the it, field or on the mat or, you know. It, it, it It's tough. And I can't say that I was the best student. I was average at best, you know, coming through school. Was school uh, my schoolwork wasn't a very big priority for me. Um, so I tried to push on my kids. You know, we always talk about we want our kids to do better than we did mm-hmm. in all aspects. And I tried to make it a point to for them to do better. And thus far they have done significantly better than me so but yeah it's 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 it is very difficult on these these young teens uh you know these 14 15 year old kids the demand of you know when you hit high school so i was telling my eighth grader yesterday hey starting next year practice is going to be every day of the week that you don't have a game and if you're a three-sport athlete you're basically practicing every day of the year you know what i mean you get a little bit of break in the summer but you know with two days in football that cuts into your summer too so You've got to be disciplined enough to get your grades, get your schoolwork done, and make your commitment to the sport. Yeah, it's uh, my, my kid is significantly smarter than I am, <laughs> and she's a junior. So uh, that's it, it's always good that your children are smarter than you sometimes. But absolutely. We, 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 they got to take care of us when we get old. I hope so. Yeah, you're right. I've been I've had threats of uh, uh, being dropped off at the nurse <laughs> at the nursing home, or maybe a, if if the fire department has a bigger baby box, well, it wouldn't have to be that much bigger. Maybe rounder, she could stuff me in. But you know, uh, what made you get into youth sports uh, organizing and commissioning? Man, I you know. Um like I said, ever I knew I'd get into coaching. Even I was even coaching before I had kids. Uh, when I was a single guy living in Muncie, um, uh, just after I got out of college and and uh, started working at General Motors, I started coaching. There was they wanted football coaches for youth sports, and started doing that. So I've always been around. Then I had my own kids, and I coached them uh, through all their sports and everything. I just saw, and anytime there was a need, um, I just I wanted to. I wanted to try to help. And it, it seemed like in Marion, we have always been in need of, of people to coach and run programs and stuff, because that's the only way these programs survives. You've got to have, you know, as well as anybody, you got to have people who will step up and run it. And a lot of times for no money, you know what I mean? Voluntarily. So I just, I love sports. I love kids. It's a natural combination, you know, well, yeah, you're right. That that's a big key right there. You, you got to have people step up. And, and the sad part is, 
a lot of times it's the same people stepping up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's really, no matter what you do, you know, it's, it's always the same people, you know, Hey, I need somebody to run concessions. I need somebody to do this. And you're, you're going to the well to the same people every single time. And, uh, yeah, it makes it hard on an organization. I I have seen organizations that have uh, an abundance of people help, you know, 25, 30 people at a time. And it just takes the stress level off everybody. Cause you know that, man, if I don't show up tonight, this, the ship's not going to sink. You know what I mean? Right, Somebody right. else is going to pick it up. But oftentimes that's where it is. It's like, man, I got to get off work. I've got to get there. Or it's not going to get done. Exactly. Now, how long have you been a fireman? Uh, I've been my 13th year of Marion Fire Department. Okay. Now, I'm going to jump away from sports for just a second. Okay. Because people like you, anybody that's a fireman, a police officer, anybody that's involved with EMS, you know, those people, to me, are heroes. They are protecting us. Our military, school teachers, administrators, those people right there are heroes to me, not necessarily an athlete. So we thank you for protecting our community. Well, I very much appreciate that. And I, I love to do it. You know, it's, uh, it, it, this type of job is, is something you do. I feel like I got a servant's heart, and that's, that's why I do it. Well, I, I, I mean this in the, in, the, in the very sweetest of ways, Tino. What's more stressful, firemen? Or you sports organizer? <laughs> oh, but by far you you sports. <laughs> by, by, not, it's not even it's yeah. not even close. Yeah, <laughs> nothing nothing's more stressful than the night before opening day, and the festivities begin. Uh, oh, hundred. I get thirty minutes of sleep, man. Or I did. Oh, hundred percent. You're worried about well, number one. You're worried about the weather. You're sitting there constantly watching the weather. Is it mm-hmm. going to rain? What am I going to do if it's going to rain? You know, and then, you know, is everybody going to show up? Is, is this going to be all right? Yeah, 100%. You're stressed out until it, until you, until it's over with, and you're like, we made it. Um, you know, when, when, people, uh, when people look at uh, the fields and stuff, they, I don't think they realize the amount of work and preparation that comes into play, especially – weeks following opening day um uh, and then thereafter games um uh i, I kind of think they think there's a field ferry that comes and lines the fields uh drags the fields and then you know they see a couple people intermittently between games come and do it but uh, tell me a little bit about that how 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 much enjoyment because I'm going to be honest. That was the most enjoyable part of uh, running youth sports, uh, basketball, or uh, uh, softball and baseball. That that was fun yeah. to me. No, you're 100% right. And especially, you know, every sport has its challenges as far as getting prepared. But I think baseball and softball is by far the most tedious because of the field maintenance that's required, the grass cutting. The, the weeding, the mound maintenance, there's just so much. And when me and my wife took it over, you know, four years ago, you know, I had played baseball my whole life and I, I knew how to basically take care of our high school coach. You know, he made us rake up our own field and water and stuff, but I had to literally learn overnight how to become a lawn care specialist. You know, I didn't know that much about killing weeds and, and, you know, how grass grows and stuff. And me and her basically uh, was baptism by fire on how to, you know, you, you, you get out there and get the field all cleaned off and you stand back and take a picture of it and go, man, this looks really good. And <laughs> you wake up the next morning and you got half the covered in clover. And it's like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, we play today. What are we going to do? You know, so D- don't, don't, don't be capping on me, man. Tell me as soon as you line that field, you've stepped back and put your hands on your hips and nodded your head. Like, yeah. That looks nice. Absolutely, and, and, and anybody who who really appreciates a game of softball and baseball, and you know, they're 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 two of the sports that they're not as always as lively and as uh, as uh, active as you know. There's not so much happening as like a football game or a basketball game. 
you know, it's a little slower, but there's nothing like being at a ball field in the summertime and the smells and, you know, when you can sit back and see that beautiful manicured field, you know, and I always tried to make mine as, you know, obviously it wasn't going to look like Wrigley Field, but I tried to, we, we tried to make it look as good as possible because it is a pride thing, you know. I mean, you want the kids to walk out there and be prideful of their field. Absolutely. And kids, they'll play, um, they'll play, you throw down, you know, four gloves in a square and, and they'll get down. But when you when you have some really nice lines going down first and third, man, they love it. Oh yeah, they do. They do. They really do. They really appreciate fresh cut grass and when there's not dandelions out in the outfield. Yeah. And and you, that's why you, we, will work that extra hour to make sure they have that. Sweet, sweet. Nothing's better than getting that pitching rubber right in the middle of that softball pitching circle. Oh, yeah. That is That has to be um, – I probably uh, have done it twice in five years, <laughs> you know? Oh, my, my wife literally became an expert at – because, we, you know, we have one softball diamond at Lincoln, and we have different age groups to play. So we found ourselves having to move the pitching rubber – you know, we moved that thing probably five or six times. She became an expert at setting the right depth and getting the clay right and everything. I mean, she got really good at it, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's it's very much rewarding. Okay, now you said you ran Lincoln Field for three years. Yes. Okay, now let's – and you played there, correct? Yes, I did. Okay. From, let's say, back in the early 90s when you played – up until now, yep. what kind of differences have you witnessed talent-wise from back in your day until now? Um, well, you can't – I don't think you can discount the, uh, the the major loss of population that Marion had. Correct. Um, that, that did play a huge factor. You know, Marion, just to, just to throw some stats out there, Marion – when I came to, I graduated in '96. I can't, I don't, I couldn't tell you before '96 the last time Marion had a losing record in baseball. Right. You know, right. I, I played, I played four years of varsity baseball, and we were 20 game winners every year. Wow. You know, and Marion had won state championships before that. Then after the '98 season, um, which was Tommy Pierce and those guys, they made a run to semi-state from '98 until my oldest boy's sophomore year, which was. 2018, 20 years, they never had a winning season. Oh, my. For 20, they went 20 years from 98 to 2018 and never had a winning season. So, if that gives you an idea of what happened, and it wasn't just baseball. I mean, they went through through issues in in basketball and football, too, but specifically in baseball, it it took a major downturn, you know. Correct. And um, right now, it, it started to turn a little, but it's got. We still got a ways to go. Correct. You know that, that that's the those things are not rebuilt overnight. You're, you're right. You're right. And and it takes. But back to what we said earlier, you have to have coaching. You got to have uh, people who are willing to run things, and you and and consistency. We, I can't stress consistency enough. If you've got a coaching carousel where you've got a different coach every single year uh-huh. or, or a different person every year, it's hard for kids to have any consistency. So um, I like to say is if not just Mary, but any community, if they want to turn their community around. If they're having a downslide and you know, where they're not seeing the numbers out or not seeing success, we first have to look at ourselves as adults go, what are we doing as adults to number one, make it fun for the kids Make mm-hmm. it fun to where they want to come out, and then teach them the game where they play with. But you gotta you gotta get them out there, make it fun first. So we have to look at ourselves as adults. And say, what are we what are we failing to do? I agree, one hundred percent. I'm over here golf clapping. That's yeah. That's, that's that's just you hit the nail on the head right there, uh, and that that's just like like you said, the turnover in coaches, and the way I look at it, you know. Where's these high schools seeing this at? They're seeing it in college. They're seeing it in pros. If this coach had a losing record, well, get rid of him. It's coach's fault. I think they need to give these coaches a three- or four-year contract. 
Let them build it, or let them build it. Well, and, and coaching, you know, coaching, I'm going I'm to throw coaching and umpiring in both together because, you know, I've seen some things here lately and, and over the last few years, I just, I, I see a trend that I really don't like and it's the abuse of, uh, people just coming down on umpires, coming down on mm-hmm. coaches for any little thing, you know what I mean? And it's, I mean, it, like I said, a lot of these guys are doing this voluntarily or for very little money. Right. They're not doing it because they're going to get rich off of it. They're doing it because they are passionate about the game. They're passionate about kids and want to be part of it. And the minute they do something that a parent doesn't like, we're jumping down their throat. I saw it today. Oh, I'm you know, sure. I saw it today in a, in a collegiate game. And, you and you know, I before my son played college ball, I thought, well, it'll, it, it'll just calm down in the collegiate game. Parents will be more mature. They're not. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 they're, they're not. And oh, I think man. we got we got we got to cut these umpires and coaches some slack. I mean, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, and I, you know, maybe I don't have the greatest memory, but I don't ever remember my parents ever on any of my coaches coming up to the dugout and giving my coach a rash of crap about where I played, when I played, how I played. They sat in the car or out in the bleachers, let the coach do his job, and as long as I wasn't out there bleeding to death. They stayed out of it, and yeah, yeah. I think I feel like that is a big problem right now. I'm seeing as soon as little Bobby has a you know doesn't get to play the position he wants, or he's not in the uh, batting order where he wants. Parents are standing at the dugout going, "Why, why, 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 why?" And you know, if you're a coach, you're going, "Man, what is this even worth it?" Uh-huh. Me getting yelled at every day. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I think we got to cut these coaches and umpires a break. I mean, it, we. I, I, I see a I see a bad trend, and I hope we can reverse it. Yeah, uh, I, I I really wish at the core of it that people would take a step back and humanize these people who are taking the time and and a lot like in the rec league, coaches are volunteer; they're not paid; they're volunteer. So if your team has one, one practice a week, that's because, you know, he's got to work. He's got another family he's got to spend time with. Uh, the umpires, this man behind the plate, he doesn't have four eyes. He's got two, same amount as you, and, and, and he's not going to catch everything. They, they, I, I feel like parents uh, think – Think uh, think we have cyborgs for umpires, and and they're supposed to you know slow, instantly uh, get tunnel vision and slow down the slide at home and 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 see the tag. Well, and and I'll, and, and I'll add on to that, Conrad. That a lot of my umpires are were kids. A mm-hmm. lot of my umpires were yeah. my ball players. You know, like my son, he umpired for me last year as a graduated senior. He's eighteen years old. And he's out there umpiring. Does he know the game baseball? A hundred percent. Very well. Is he going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and are we paying him a hundred dollars a game? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? So and I agree with you a hundred percent. These parents have to go, you know, what, if, but in the same token, if you turned around to that parent that was yelling and said, Hey, you want to come out here and do this? <laughs> very, very few of them are going to volunteer to do it. You know, nobody nobody wants to be on that hot seat. So I think if I think it, it, if a, if a teaching moment, just if the parents and I know everybody's passionate about their kids and everybody wants their kids to succeed, absolutely. But if they would just sit back and try to enjoy the game yeah. and worry worry a little bit less about their kids being uncomfortable or failing, and let them just take the game as it comes naturally, the ups and downs it'd be better on everybody. Yeah. You know, uh, Ted, I, I've been guilty of that coming down hard on officials, but, uh, luckily, uh, with time comes wisdom. And I, you know, I figured out, you know, after seeing enough games that, you know, none of us, none of us are perfect, man. And I don't know about you, Tino. I, I at least make one mistake, uh, uh, before my first cup of coffee. I, I, I times me by 10. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, when we all do, you know what I mean? It's, you know, and we get, we, but, we, but for some reason we expect those guys to be perfect. Mm-hmm. 
you God do. We we do. I mean, that's as parents. But you know, I I've been an IHSA official in basketball and football, and I, I'll still do basketball for the youth league around here. And you're right. It's just these parents. I mean, we we've had to throw parents out of youth league games. It's just. Oh. It's terrible. Absolutely. And I know you guys have had issues with that over there at Lincoln. Well, if you, and if, you, if you look at something, look at your age of your officials. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. These are not, and I don't want to bash anybody's age, but these are not young guys. No, no. Yeah. IHSA baseball officials, I see a lot of guys that are 60s, almost uh-huh. 70s. Right. So if you want to get young people to umpire and referee, they're, I mean, they're, they're looking at going, okay, so I'm going to make $60 a game, $70 a game, but I'm going to get yelled at all day long. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll go do something else. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, and they're not impervious to what's going on around us. You know, uh, there's a shortage. There's oh, a, absolutely. There's a shortage of officials. Yeah, uh, not just the IHSAA, but the yeah. National Federation of High School Sports. I yeah. get emails every day. We need officials we need officials and just like you said Tino you got guys out there in their 60s some of them push the 70s even on a basketball a varsity basketball game you're seeing guys like that that can't even get up and down the floor but just like yep. you said these young kids you know it's not worth it to go out there and get yelled at right absolutely so and, and, we just and, and with the advance of technology you would th- you know I, I go out every day I don't even pick my nose in public anymore Tino because every everybody's got a camera, like uh, you know, and in every store you go into, the schools have cameras, the stores have cameras, the bank. I I I walk around my house as if there's a camera there, and, and I just just to see people react. And and, and I know you know I, I brought up to you uh, earlier today uh, what happened at Lincoln Field with a parent shoving an umpire. There's I, I just it blows my mind that. They didn't think that somebody was going to see that and whip their phone out. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. We're we are all living under a microscope all the time, and yeah, you'd think that people would be like, you know, this is definitely going to. My reaction is definitely going to be seen on Facebook, Instagram within seconds, mm-hmm. and, and and it is. But I think people just get so enthralled in in the game that they just. They just cannot see straight. You know, they they cannot make normal decisions. You know, what I mean, they just go out there and just they everything's off the cuff. They react and 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 we we just have to do better. I mean, we as parents have to do better because I'm telling you, if if you look around any sport, and I can I can cite off differences I saw in wrestling this year because my boy wrestled. If you look at kids that behave poorly on the field, throw their helmet, slam their hand down the wrestling mat, refuse to shake their opponent's hand. Mm-hmm. If you look at the parent that comes with that kid, it's almost 100%. That's where they got it from. Exactly. It, 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 you can almost 100% see it. Vice versa, if you see a parent that acts that way, very seldom do you see a kid that acts with good behavior. They, 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 it's, it's learned. So. Yep. If you're in the stands and, you know, you got a little six of that, and I always try to do this when I coach, you know, I, I one thing I take pride in, it, it, it has nothing to do with wins and losses, is that I've never been thrown out of a game, never been thrown out of a wrestling meet, never been thrown out of anything. Because I always thought to myself, if I go out there and show my butt and, and, and try to make a butt out of myself and the umpire and stuff like that, how can I tell the kids not to do it? Exactly. Yeah. How can I go out there and say you you guys need to act like ball players? So I always told them, do not ever let the umpire decide the game for you. Mm-hmm. If if it comes down to one play and you say, oh well, how many times do you ever hear people go, well we lost because that guy called that foul or he didn't right. call that foul? And I always tell my kids, if it comes down to one play, you didn't make enough plays to win the game anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? And but you know. You, you see it everywhere. You see it all the time. And that we just, we as adults, we have to be the example setters. We have to, you know, I, I saw a kid today in a, in a college, in a college game. I watched this kid bat probably eight times with double head. And I, and I watched kids mannerisms, especially uh-huh. in baseball. Yep. Every single pitch that he didn't like 
when he was batting, he he turned around and glare at that umpire. Uh-huh. Mm. He would turn around and glare, and my wife said, "I'm surprised that umpire hadn't thrown him out yet." I was like, well, "It's coming," you know what I mean? But even yeah. at the collegiate level, you know, just a, a lack of respect, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so, I don't know. We just need to do better. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it starts it, with the parents. Learn by example. And yep. this 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 next question uh, will you know. Uh, Ted and you can kind of answer it because, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the rec league and I've spent uh, maybe uh, 132nd in the travel league. And I've seen more parents get upset with rec league than, than in the travel or, or high school. I, I mean, yeah, in high school, I, you always have that one parent who's a constant screamer. But in the rec league, like, we're trying to get all these children some equal playing time. And all I hear is, uh, didn't you see that over the back? There is no more over the back. <laughs> didn't you see that? He, he's not sliding at home plate. That's an automatic out. Why, why in the rec league are they so, so vocal? Uh, I, 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 my opinion is this. I think the parents are more worried about how they look than how their kid looks. They're more worried about this is going to look bad on me if it doesn't turn out well for my kid. You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of just letting the kid go out and have fun, it's like the parents are taking it personal that, well, my, kids, my kid can't fail out there because it makes me look bad. And I think they and, – and now you're in a rec league where everybody knows you, you know what I mean? So, okay, let's say you're a mom. Let's, I'm just going to throw Gas City out there. You're a mom in Gas City. Your kid's out there playing, and something negative happens to them on the field. They, you know, they miss a ball or something like that, and, or they don't think it's the right call. They're going to start screaming because that child did not have a success at that moment. Everybody knows whose parent that is, and now they're going, well, everybody in town's going to know that my kid didn't – get a hit or, or, you know what I'm saying? Whereas travel ball, nobody really knows who you are. You know, when you, when you show up to Indy with your travel team from gas city, yeah, nobody, nobody else down there knows who you are. They don't know who Conrad is or Tino. They don't, they don't know who we are, but in gas city, everybody knows who you are. And so I think, I think it's a little bit about parents. You know, they always say parents sometimes try to live to their kids yeah. in uh-huh. sports. I think it's a little bit about that where it's like when my kid fails, I'm actually failing. Or, or when something bad happens to him, it's, it shows negatively on me instead of letting the kid just experience it for themselves. That's, that's my take on that. I don't know how you feel about it, Ted. I, that, that's an observation that, honestly, I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't even thought about. But that yeah. you hit the nail on the head right there again. That's just – I think you're right. You know, maybe this person – is an upstanding member of the community, or they were a star in high school, and they're wanting their kid to follow in their steps. You're right. I mean, that's that, yeah. I, I love that answer. That was well because yeah. I think about I think about like this. Okay, like I said, if some something negative happens to the kid in the game. You know, if you're playing a travel ball, you go home and no one's going to know about it. Where if you're in rec league in Gas City, when you go to work the next day, you may work with six or seven of these people, and they're going to be talking about it all day. Right. So the parents are like. You know, it, it, uh, that's, that's kind of how I that's, – that's why I think they're probably a little bit more vocal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, so. or like they're going up to get their hair cut on Saturday and they're all talking about that. <laughs> they're a <laughs> lot <laughs> a bit more vocal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I appreciate that. Was, that was an awesome answer. It really yeah. was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was just wondering uh, how many – so this this will be a f- uh, what, about – nine months since you've been away that so you're not uh, a part of the the Marion youth baseball and softball what do you miss most right now um or anything I I, 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 I I know I, I absolutely do you know me and my wife sunk I can't even count the hours that we put in out there mm-hmm. and loved every minute of it with you know we saw a lot of we saw a lot of success in the appearance of the fields, the quality of baseball, the the fun the kids had, which is our number one goal to get kids out and have have fun again. Uh, and you know, I, I 
I'm I'm missing that a little bit. You know, what I mean, I'm definitely. And, and it hadn't really hit me yet. I've been away from it, but the leaks haven't started. I think when the games start going on, I start driving because I have to drive past Lincoln to get to my fire station. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when I when I drive past her and I see the ball, the lights and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm missing because I never missed a night out there. I was out there from five o'clock till ten o'clock every single night, and my wife was out there even longer. She she was out there during the day. She did most of the mowing and and keeping up with the field and stuff when I had to work and. So it really hadn't hit me yet, but it's starting to. Because I really did enjoy it, but it it was just a time in my life where, you know, you just go through chapters in your life where you need change. You know, my oldest boy, he's, he's playing college ball, and I like today, I, I want to come up and watch him play. But if I was taking Lincoln Field, I'd have to be out there doing that kind of stuff. And it's yeah. just, you know, you just go through different phases of your life, and it's just time for a change. And I, uh, we felt like we put it in the hands of somebody, Mark Fagan, who's the head varsity baseball coach also for Marion very energetic, passionate about baseball, passionate about kids' sports. I couldn't think of a better guy to, to hand it over to. So that helps me sleep at night, knowing that it went to somebody like him. Um, but, yes, I, I, I am starting to miss it, and I know when the game starts, I'll, I'll miss it probably a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I got to admit, for me, it, uh, having, a, having a kid come up and say, hey, Coach C, even though I, I wasn't their coach, Hey, Coach C, you know, uh, just dabbing me up, and uh, and and one of my uh, another favorite part is watching a really close game between two teams that haven't won a, a, a game all season. Those games were really fun to watch. Oh, so. I, yeah! Last year, I, I you know you always wanted to build on each year. I thought mm-hmm. last year was the absolute best out of the three years we had. And just like you just said, man, we had we had a team that won one. We played a 20, 21 game season. We had a team that won two games all year. Tournament comes around, and they obviously draw the number one seed. Yeah, and just the best David versus Goliath game. Nine o'clock at night, game starts, and I'm telling you, at eleven thirty or ten thirty, we had three hundred people standing around that field. Oh, I wow. mean, it was just it was electric for a for twelve hundred game. And the and the 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 team that only won two games won. They they wow. played the dragon. You know what I mean? So you know you can't you, you those will stick with you forever. Those will, those will, I'll remember that game. You know when I'm eighty years old, I remember that game. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about, you know. The look on the kids' faces is is what we this it's what we do all this for, you know. This is it is really the reason why all of us do what we do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it is. It's it's about them, and like you Absolutely. said, just just games like that, or and like you said, that team we won two games. So a lot of times when I've coached, you know, you get these kids that oh boy they. They swing and miss every time, and the parents are they're over here. A lot of them are apologetic. I mean, I'm sorry, my kid can't hit. I said, by the time the end of the year is over, he'll start hitting. He'll he'll get it. It'll come on, and that, I think we fail that as parents also is that these kids are still maturing mentally, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. Well, and I and I think going back to rec ball one of the things that gets lost sometimes in travel and not that kids don't develop friendships in travel too, cause they do, but you know, in rec ball, half of the, half of the fun of the game is not necessarily whether you get up and hit a home run or strike, strike somebody out. It's hanging out in the dugout with the kids from your neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it don't matter. I, I can remember playing out there, you know, it was, you know, we, we'd ride around the neighborhood with, with our, you know, you know, Prince Hall or, uh-huh. or Citizens National Bank hats on. Everybody wear their hat because you want to know what team you belong to and all your buddies yeah, had it yeah. on. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's what I fear. I don't want to get lost in the move toward travel. I, I, I want to see Rex stay, stay pr- prevalent because those are the things, the community relationships, the, the friendships of the kids that live a block over from you. Uh-huh that you're going to have to be lifelong buddies with or lifelong teammates. I don't want to see that get lost. And Uh, it's a very fine line. I I think that we as adults have to guide that because I do think there's good things about travel that, that give kids experience to uh, playing against different competition and, 
at maybe a higher level, but I don't want to see it at the expense of rec ball. Right. Yeah. Um, with, with, with rec ball, I just, I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's kids having too many options of other things that they can do, uh, that aren't necessarily sports, but, you know, even with my, my oldest daughter, uh, I remember she had a friend spend the night and she was in the kitchen. Her friend was in the bedroom and they were FaceTiming each other. Uh, go to the stinking bedroom. Get what you're going to get out of the kitchen and go back. And And I think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times kids get wrapped up in technology. It's become the pacifier of uh, the millennia, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, I see two- and three-year-old kids walking around with better iPads than I have. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I it's, it's, it's so ironic that you brought that up because when we were, as soon as my son's second game was over, we get in the car, say goodbye to him, and I was flipping through Facebook, and I saw a post that somebody had put on there. You guys may have seen it. And it was a post that somebody took from somebody else. It was about a little girl that got cut from her seventh-grade volleyball team. And it was real long, but I knew it was going to be a good read. So I, I said, I told my wife, I said, read this to me while I drive down the road here. And what it basically, I'll sum it up real quick, was little girl gets cut from the seventh grade volleyball team, and she's in her room texting all of her friends, crying about it, and saying, you know, I got cut, and put it all over Instagram. And the mom comes in, and the mom's first instinct is to coddle the girl and say, you know, put her arm around her and say, I'm sorry, you know, and, you know, we want to protect our kids when they're feeling down. But the mom said, you know, instead of texting everybody and putting it on Instagram and feeling bad about getting cut, why aren't you outside in the driveway shooting free throws? Or I think that camera was basketball or volleyball. Why aren't you outside practicing? You know what I mean? So I think that kind of ties into what you're talking about. Put down the electronics and go make yourself better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? You know. But on the same token, I think, with the technology portion of it, that's we're just this whole world's consumed by it. At some point, we got to be realistic. We're going to have to live with it, yeah. but try to get the kids to put it down as much as we can. To think that they're just going to put it down forever is unrealistic. You know no, what I mean? That but, is, yeah. You know, it's it, you know, yeah. and I see it with my own kids. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I pass by my son's room and he's sitting there on his Xbox. I'm thinking, and I and, I, and I'll just <laughs> tell him, I'll just tell him. I say, hey. There's somebody somewhere that's lifting weights right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and when he when you see him on the wrestling mat and he and he pounds on you, I'll rem- I'll remember this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hunger, hunger. And, yep. Uh, it's not what you do in front of the coach. It's when what you do when you're by yourself. Hundred um, percent. I, I remember, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> when Savannah was little, um, you know. Just out outside, just throwing the ball up and, and and catching it, playing catch with herself, throwing it off the roof and letting letting it roll down, not knowing where it's going to land, but just trying to be there. And uh, I, I think that's something uh, that's it's going by the wayside, but uh, it, it can be brought back. Yeah, I, I do believe it can. Um, you know, and like yesterday, my son had a friend over. Mm-hmm. And I was I was completely shocked. I was completely floored by it. They said, "Hey, we're going to jump on our bikes. Where are you guys going?" They said, "We're going to go play basketball." <laughs> I said, "Well, I said you can either Riverview or Charles Park. They're two closest ones." But I was shocked because you know when we were kids, used to every every free moment if you drove past, and I'm just getting through Marion, Charles Park, any open field anywhere, there'd be a basketball game, football game, something going on. Yep, yep. kids would be out playing, and now. I challenge you to find that on a weekday. I challenge you to find five kids shooting baskets somewhere. It just, it just it's a, it's a generational thing, but I, I do believe we can get it back. But I think it comes with back to the rec leagues and focusing on community. I, I think that that stuff, you know, because a kid that plays travel ball, and like I said, I'm not not knocking. Let's just take travel basketball for example. A kid that plays travel basketball in Fort Wayne. Is he coming back and shooting baskets with his buddies from the neighborhood over at East School or whatever? Right. You know, is he doing that? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. 
but if he's playing with his local friends all the time, he might be, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think if we encourage a sense of community and, and try to push that again, we might be able to get, I don't think we'll ever get it back to where it was, but I think we can get the kids back outside. Yeah. And that's going to be a key. That's like you said, you drive by these places and nobody's there. Or you see one kid there and you're thinking, okay, where's the rest of his friends at? But that's like, like you mentioned earlier about you guys riding your bikes around. You had your, your jersey on. I'm going to, I'm going to date myself here a little bit because I played at Lincoln Field Little League. And when I played, you know, it was nine year olds against 12 year olds. Yep. Well, I was the biggest chicken when I was nine years old. I didn't care if I played. I didn't want to bat. I knew that. I didn't care if my coach put me in right field for one inning. But back then, I mean, that's when we wore those old, heavy cotton pants. The shirts were button-up shirts. You had real stirrups. Not the socks you get now that's already got the stirrups sewn into them. You had the... You know, it wasn't helmets. It was in the earbuff fags. <laughs> that's how old I am. <laughs> He's had a lot of concussions. <laughs> uh, I, I think. I think another thing is, and, and man, myself included, man, I've been guilty of this too. We as parents are so afraid of letting our kids fail. Yes, it's like yep. we 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 don't. It's like we undervalue the ability for them to go out and just shoot around with their friends because we want to micromanage. Well, how many shots did you make? Uh-huh. How many times? How many balls did you hit? So we find ourselves taking them to like the specialized hitting clinic or something, because we think they absolutely have to have the best or they yeah. have to be the best. Uh-huh. We, well, we are, we as parents are so afraid of letting our kids fail. You know I what mean. I mean? Well, and, I, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, the, the difference between my uh, oldest and youngest is, is night and day. But my, my youngest takes a loss way harder than my oldest. And, and my oldest wants to win and my youngest, you know, I try and explain to her, there's, there's six years difference, Tino. And I try to explain to her, and this is just my, this is Conrad Herrera's opinion. None of these games matter right now. Rec league losses don't matter. Rec league wins don't matter. Uh, travel baseball, softball, basketball losses don't matter. Even when they play uh, uh, school ball in the middle school, those losses do not matter. Everything is practice for when they start keeping your statistics forever. That's just my thought. What do you think? Man, I I, obviously to come out and say I don't care about wins and losses would be an absolute – be crazy because at the end of the day, we all mm-hmm. we all we go out. We want to see our kids succeed. Yeah. And stuff. But I truly a hundred percent, and and you could you put my kids on this interview and they'll tell you, I am more concerned about the character that they play the game with. Uh-huh. My son, no, my my son, you know, he uh, his wrestling season this year. Yeah, I think he had like eighteen wins and two losses. I'm more concerned about his behavior. When he loses the match, mm-hmm. did he go up and shake the hand of the wrestler that beat him? Did he go up and shake the coach's hand? You win and lose. You should be able to tell if you win or lost. You should be able to do it with humble. You go out and win. You don't stand over and gloat over the other guy. You shake yep. his hand. You thank him for a good match. You shake the coach's hand. And nobody should be able to tell. Now, when you're at home in your room by yourself and you want to be mad about losing, that's fine. If you're a competitor, you will be. But when you're out in out on the mat and, and parents are watching you, coaches are watching you, you lose and win humbly with grace. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm starting to see a trend of poor sportsmanship uh, at all sports where kids, you know, are, they take one slightest bit of loss and it's throwing headgear, slamming their, throwing their bat, throwing their helmet. And, I'm not seeing any correction of it. I'm not seeing the parents come over and correct it, which is telling me that a lot of times they're, I don't want to say they're encouraging it, but what they're telling, what I hear the, I, I know what the conversations are. I hear them. Kid gets out of the car and it's like, you're the best player on the team. You're never going to lose a game. You're never going to lose a match. 
and they pump these kids' heads up so bad that when the kid does fail, they can't handle it. Exactly. They cannot handle failure. I, I've seen it at all ages, and I think that's a disservice we are doing as parents. We have got to allow these kids to fail, teach them how to do it, and how to pick themselves up and get right back on and say, you know what, I failed this time, but tomorrow I'm coming out and I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Yep. But I think we try to overprotect these kids. We we put them in only situations where they're only going to have success. I've seen it in softball where – I know softball coaches that only sign their kids up in tournaments and they know they're going to win. Yeah, exactly. Or, or parents or parents sign their kids up for uh, wrestling matches in only meets that they know they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do that long enough, sooner or later that kid's going to get into a tournament or something where he's going to have to you, – you can't control who he's wrestling against, and he's going to take a loss and he's not going to deal with it. So it's- I think we just need to do better. True, and it's like you said, because that's what you know. You know, Conrad, along with I, you know, we try to teach these kids. You know, once they start hitting fifth grade, sixth grade, that hey, well, you're going to be out of school one day. You're, you know, you might not like your coach now. Okay, what are you going to do? When you get a job. And you don't like your boss, or you don't like your teammates now. Well, when you get a job, you're going to be working with other people. You're not going to like all of them. We get it's it's got to be life lessons that are taught now during during sporting events or whatever. Yeah, uh, Ted, I, I got to tell you, man, you just said the, the words you just said were so important. And I, and I, I can't tell you how many times I told my kids that exact same thing. I said, guys, you are not always going to have a coach that you like. You're not always going to have a boss that you like. You, you may walk in and get hired by a company and absolutely hate your boss. And you're gonna have to deal with it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and, and you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you got to prepare these kids for for life. You know what I mean? Which means people being hard on them, mm-hmm. and we can't baby them. We cannot baby them. You know? You're right. And I think I, we just we as parents, and that's why I'm so glad we're having this. Is that I think if they can reach some people and they can step back and go, you know. I may, maybe I just need to go sit on the bleachers, uh-huh. have a popcorn and a Coke, and just keep my mouth closed and let the kid play. <laughs> right, right. And I think if we all if we all did that a little bit more, man, it would be so much better for everybody. It would. It would. And let me ask you this real quick. How many – when A.J. was deciding to go to college, how many college coaches asked him what his stats were when he played Little League Baseball? None. Not a one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And too many people yeah. are worried about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Not a of one, but I can. But I can tell you how many ask him what kind of student he was. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Back, back, yeah. back to your point about the GPA. Uh-huh. They all wanted to know what kind of student you, you know, what kind of grades do you make? Because I'm going to tell you that these college coaches, you know, it's my first time being through it and dealing with them. They, they associate poor grades with. Poor leadership and poor behavior. Uh-huh. I will exactly. tell you that right now. Yep. If you're not a good student, they're not interested. I don't care if you hit 18 home runs, bat at 800. They exactly. don't care. Exactly. You, they they look at you as uncoachable. Uh huh. You're right. So my best advice to these kids is get get the book work done. Uh huh. Hey, uh, I, real quick before we wind things up, uh, is it true that you gave every uh, participant after their games a free hot dog and drink. What? After oh. the games, I, I lost you. I'm going through wall back. Oh, repeat that one more time. Uh, did you guys give all your players that after their games a free hot dog and, and drink? No, no, we no we we didn't give out uh, free hot dogs and drinks across the board every night. Uh-huh. We we had we had different things that we did, you know, uh, okay. for home runs or, okay. or outstanding play, we'd give out, uh, uh, you know, treats or something like that. And, or like if a team bought treats, you know, we, we, if they bought $2 worth of treats, we'd give them $4. Oh, that's we did awesome. Things like that, but we didn't across the board, yeah. uh, a hot dog and a, and a Coke across the board, yeah. but we tried to do, we tried to do a lot of cool stuff. We did player of the week where we gave out prizes and stuff like that. And, uh, so yeah, we, we try to do a lot of things to, to 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 give back to the the families and and the kids and stuff that's like awesome. that. And uh, you know, I think that's what it's about. You know, you want to keep them coming out and keep them excited. 
All right, we're, we we got a new little segment we want to try out here, and you're you're gonna get a beer, guinea pig. Okay, I'm I'm ready. We're we're gonna call it rapid fire. Okay. I'm gonna shoot off five questions to you. Give you a couple seconds to think about it. And you just give us a a one or two word answer. Okay. Okay. The most talented player you ever seen in high school. Any sport. Jay Edwards. Okay. Okay. The college or professional athlete that you admired growing up. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. The most upstanding person in your community. My wife. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. An influential person that led you to your career. My mother. Okay. And one more. I know you like to lift weights. What is your favorite weight lifting exercise? Bench press. There you go. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, you just scored some points with your wife. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, uh, we want to thank you, man, for uh, taking time and coming on and, and being our first call-in guest. Uh, we'd love to uh, have you uh, in uh, sometime on down the road in person, and, and we definitely want your wife and her sister on here. Yes. Well, I, I, I had a blast, and I would absolutely come down anytime you guys wanted me, and I, uh, I, I hope this reaches a bunch of ears and eyes because I think what you guys are doing is, is needed, and it's good, and it's beneficial, and it, it's, a, it's a great thing, and I'll do anything I can to help promote it. Hey, we, the, we, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. We have fun. Yes. Yep. You uh, uh, have a safe trip home, and uh, thank you for coming on, man. Take care, guys. All right. We'll see, see you. Bye. Well, that was a good interview, Ted. It was. That was. It, was, it was fun. Yeah, we, so, we figured out how to do it over a phone. So. Yeah. So we want to thank everybody for listening in our community. Uh, Jonesboro, Gas City, Mill Township, Grant County. Uh, we want to thank everybody. Ted. Hey, and don't forget to reach out to Beast Prince. Any, any hoodies, shirts, hats, anything you want, get a hold of P.D. Parker over in Fairmount at BeastPrince.com. Hey. Hey, uh, especially everybody who's uh, who's not on TikTok right now and and listening to this. Thank you. Have a good <laughs> night.